Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
Shout to the 
Yeah. 
Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. To Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and actually we're just going to be looking at one verse this morning, verse 21. Has, anybody, has everyone enjoyed the sunshine this morning? It's been nice to get up and, and have a sunshine-filled day. And of course, this is Super Bowl Sunday. This is uh, Groundhog's Day. And so, of course, Groundhog's Day, with it being uh, sunny outside today, uh, I guess for us, that's going to mean that it's six more weeks of Ephesians. So... Uh, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. As you're turning there, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you uh, yet for another opportunity to come and to worship, another opportunity to study your word. And Lord, this morning you have much to speak to us about. And so, Lord, we thank you uh, for the fact that uh, we know we're going to leave a uh, changed people because, Lord, you're going to show us things in our lives that need to change. You're going to encourage us about some things this morning, Lord. You're going to equip us. And so, Lord, today I just, uh, again, pray that you might hide me behind the cross, that only you'd be seen and only you'd be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning I want us to think on the subject of submission. We've been uh, talking for the last few weeks, actually, about the Spirit-filled life. In uh, verse 18, the Lord commanded us to be filled with the Spirit. And that, that means that we are to be brought under the control of the Holy Spirit, that He is to have absolute control over our lives. And last week, I, I liken that to, to a person who, who has issues with alcohol. And they consume alcohol to the place where that alcohol controls everything about them. It controls the way that they talk. It controls the it controls the way they walk and controls the way they act. Uh, it, it controls all of those things. In the same way, Paul says that that should be the Holy Spirit in our life, that the Holy Spirit should have complete control, that the Spirit-filled life should be so transformed that there is no aspect of our life that hasn't been touched by the Holy Spirit, so that our talk is different, so that our walk is different, so that our attitudes are different, so the way that we love is different. And so last week we looked at verses 19 through 20, and in those verses, we saw what a, a spirited worship looks like for a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And isn't it amazing that as Paul, as soon as he, he begins to talk about the spirit-filled life, he immediately turns our attention towards worship. It seems to me that a spirit-filled life is a worshiping life. That, that worship consumes every aspect of our life. It's not just something that we do on uh, an hour on Sunday morning, an hour on Sunday night, and maybe uh, a little bit of time on a Wednesday night, but our entire life is consumed with worship. And so the person who is filled with the Holy Spirit will find themselves singing and praising and worshiping the Lord continually. That'll be the attitude of our life. And so I'll call your attention to the fact that verses 18 through 21, if you look in your Bible, um, verses 18 through 21 are all one sentence. It's all one thought. The command to be filled with the Spirit cannot then be separated from the command to make melody in your heart to the Lord. And so neither can be divorced what we find here in verse 21. 
that if we are to be spirit-filled in our lives, then we have to do what we see here in verse 21. The spirit-filled believer will be under the control of the Lord. The spirit-filled believer will have a heart of love and worship for the Redeemer. And according to verse 21, the spirit-filled believer will be a humble and submissive believer. And so the command in verse 21 is submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. It's a command to be humble. It's a command to be submissive. It is a command to us to have the spirit-filled life with a humble heart of a servant. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, and he says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. A very short verse, but a very powerful verse. And as we look at that, th- th- that one sentence, that one part of a, of a complete sentence, I want us to think about a few things. First of all, how submission is demanded here. Notice how submission is demanded. The very verse says, submitting yourselves one to another. The phrase here, first of all, is a command. And so submission, what, whatever it is, it's a command and it's not an option. We don't say, well, at some point in my life, in my walk with Christ, I'll I'll, I'll choose to submit, but not right now. No, it's not your choice. It is a command. If this is something the Lord expects us to do, then we need to find out what it is and we need to get about doing what Christ has called us to do. And so that word translated submitting means to be in obedience to, to be under, to arrange under. It's a military term that means to keep one's rank. It's the idea of being subordinate to, to another. And in this context, the word speaks of our relationship with others. So we plainly say, saying, submit yourselves one to another. And the verse submission calls each of us to consider ourselves subordinate to everyone else, to all those around us in the church. And so this means that we are to consider ourselves the servant of others. It means that in everything, others are to come before us. And that's hard because everything within us says me first, me first, me first. But in Christ, it's others first, others first, others first. And so we think about submitting to others, we often think of it as a weakness. In truth, no one can can make you submit to anyone. It's not something that can be made to do. But if you want all the relationships in your life to prosper, then a submissive spirit must dominate. Why do so many marriages fall apart? One willing to submit one willing to put the needs of another in front of our own. And so if we walk in selfishness, putting ourselves ahead of others, the fallout will be that we will destroy every relationship of value in our life. If we continue to put ourselves upon the throne in every aspect of our lives, we will destroy every relationship in our life. And so when we are submissive though, we're acting like Jesus. And how do we know that? Well, while he was and is God in the flesh, The Lord Jesus was always in total submission to the will of the Father. Well, how do we know that? John chapter 4, verse 34, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John chapter 5, verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. 
And the greatest example of his submission to the Father is found in the incarnation and it's found in the crucifixion. Paul says to us in Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And then there in Gethsemane, Luke chapter 22, verse 42, Father, if thou will, if it, it, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. Not my will, not what I want, not what my desire would be, not what I think would be most comfortable in this situation for me, but your will be done. Submission. Jesus was submissive to the will of his father. He loved his entire life serving the needs of others. That's what he did. He loved everyone that he came in contact with, putting them before himself. How many of us can do that, can say that? Mark chapter 10, verse 45, for even the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So when we walk with a submissive spirit, we are walking like our savior. In fact, when we walk in submission to God and others, we're giving concrete evidence that we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, that He is living within us. It's evident because of the submission that people can see. A key component of the fruit of the Spirit is temperance, and temperance is that idea of self-control. And when we put others first, we are controlling the impulse to exalt self which is a very strong impulse, it's a powerful impulse, but yielding to the Spirit of God enables us to keep God and others in their proper place ahead of us. We are not supposed to be first, we're not supposed to be second, we're supposed to be third. We're supposed to be behind God, others, then self. But so often we get that order reversed. But I would also mention that love is a major component of the fruit of the Spirit. So when you study true biblical love, it becomes very clear that one way love manifests itself is by putting others ahead of self. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love seeketh not her own. Seeketh not her own. Simply meaning love doesn't put itself first. Love looks for the needs of others. Love says, okay, this is what I would want, but here's what they need. I'm going to do what they need even if it's sacrificial on my part, even if it's going to mean me having to sacrifice something that I really want or something I even feel like I really need. I'm willing to put their needs first. Biblical submission is about loving others ahead of oneself. And biblical submission is about being filled with the Spirit of God. Biblical submission is about being like Jesus Christ in all of our relationships. That command here is for us to love others like Jesus loves them and to serve them like he serves them and to walk through life submitted to the will of Father just like he did. Walking in submission is being like Jesus Christ. In reality, our willingness to submit is a window into the heart. And if we yield to his command to submit to one another, it shows that we love him and his will more than we love ourself and our will. Submission is the key to the, to the Spirit-filled life. But secondly, I want you to also see how submission is described here. Notice how submission is described. The, the, the next phrase is, is one to another. 
And so obviously the Lord is referring to our submission to other members of the family of God, but I think it goes further. And I want to explore that phrase for just a moment. I think one key to what the Lord is saying here is found in actually reading further and and specifically at what Paul is speaking about in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22 through chapter 6 verse 9. In those verses we see that Paul tells us that there is a submission in several different areas of our lives. And and notice here he's speaking about mutual submission. It's not a one-way street, it's, it's both ways. We submit to others and, and others submit to us in the church. And so there's this love, there's, there's this mutual love relationship. Everyone is expected to submit to everyone else. And so Ephesians chapter 5 verses 22 through 32 refers to the relationship between a husband and wife. And so in marriage there is a common idea that wives are to be in submission to their husbands. And that's important because it's biblical. Uh, God, God says that. However, before God tells wives to submit to their husbands, he tells both mates to be in submission to one another. To be in submission to one another. So this is not a contradiction though. Because God clearly has vested the leadership of the home to the husband. Guys, we are to be spiritual leaders. We are to be the ones that get our families up and say, we're going to church. We're going to, on a daily basis, have prayer together. On a daily basis, going to be in God's word. That's not something we need to leave to our wives and be lazy about, as so often we do. We need to be the spiritual leaders. The man is the spiritual leader of the home. That's the way God designed it. But far too many men take submission of their wife to mean that they can throw around their weight in the home and just let her be the servant of all. That's not what Paul was saying. They, they, they try to overrule their wives and demand that they submit and they act like a tyrant in the home rather than a loving husband. The wife can't make a decision unless her husband approves it. The wife can't spend any money unless her husband approves it. The, the wife can't do this or that unless the husband appro- approves it. That's a tragedy because it's a mischaracterization of what Paul actually says here. And what a distortion of the truth of God's word, of what he really is saying here. Because in reality, the man is to lead, not from the position of authority, but he is to submit, meaning that he leads from a position of love, submitting under the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ so that every Everything he does in his family is in a position of love, not in a position of authority. The fact is, men, you can't love your wife unless you submit to her as a servant, unless you're willing to love her in a sacrificial way. You can't love her like Jesus loved her unless you're willing to humble yourself like he humbled himself and gave himself for his bride, the church. He humbled himself. He led from a position of love. He humbled himself to the place of going to the cross and dying. How many men who, who want to talk so much, much about their wife needs to submit and, and, and do whatever they want is really leading from a position of love like Jesus always leads from a position of love? That's the problem in many of our homes. Men seem to forget that they are to be spiritual leaders in the home and they are doing everything they can to see that their, their wife and their children have every opportunity to become the people that God saved them to be. That is our role. That is our role as, as spiritual leaders, to serve our families so that we bring them closer to Jesus every single day. 
We're to help them grow in the Lord. We're to help them to develop their spiritual gifts for the glory of God. We are to, to, to make sure if they're lost that we help them to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what it means to be the spiritual leader of the home. That's what it means. And so you're, if you're a man, if you're really the man of the house, you will also be the servant of the family. You are to be like Christ to them. Not in the sense that you can save them, but in the sense that you love them more than anything. And you long to see them become everything that God desires them to be. So you will sacrifice so that they might grow and do all that Christ has called them to do. What I'm saying here is this. Again, submission is a two-way street. Submission in the marriage is to be mutual. Husbands are to submit to God and to their wives. Wives are to submit to God and their husbands. And that is a recipe for a successful marriage. I've never seen a divorce between two people who were in competition to see who could serve the other more. Never. I've never seen two people come to my office and say, I'm just sick and tired of him always serving me. She is just too much of a servant. She just does too much to love me and to support me. That's not a problem I've ever had to counsel people through. What I have had to counsel people through is he wants to dictate and do nothing in the house or, you know, vice versa. But when we serve one another, wow, relationships work that way. We'll explore that more in detail in the coming weeks, so you're not going to get it all today. But remember, you got more weeks ahead, but... Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, speaks about relationships beyond husband and wife, but to parents and children. And there is the mutual submission in that relationship as well, where children are clearly to submit to the leadership of the parents in the home. They're to honor their parents. Of course, that has a promise of blessing and long life. They are to obey their parents. Their submission to their parents honors the Lord. It brings blessing. But before Paul moves away from the parent-child relationship, he also speaks to fathers. Again, men, seems like he's trying to get our attention here, doesn't it? We always want to focus on, on submitting, on our wives submitting, but Paul speaks to the man way more than he speaks to the woman. And so he says here that fathers are commanded to raise their children with grace. They are not to dominate over their children with ruthless power, but they were to raise them with a Christ-like spirit of love. They are to help them to reach their fullest potential for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the, if the commands in these verses are to be carried out, there must be mutual submission. You say, well, what does that mean? Children, yes. Children have to submit to the authority of their parents. But parents are to serve their children by loving them and by patiently guiding them in the ways of the Lord, showing them why we believe what we believe, showing them what God has done in your life and, and, and showing them how that testimony can be a part of, of who they are, the faithfulness coming through the generations, but they have to have a personal relationship with Him, lovingly leading them to Jesus. And to, and to continue to grow in relationship to him. But then Ephesians chapter uh, 6, 5 through 9 deals with the relationship between slaves and, and masters, master-slave relationship. And so the modern comparison for us um, here in, in Marshall County would be employer to employee. And so that relationship uh, is to be one of mutual submission as well. That the employee is to yield to the demands of the employer and he is to do all that he can to give him a good, honest day's work. But the employer is to respect those who work for him. He is to consider their needs and to treat them fairly, uh, to treat them without favoritism. 
And if this relationship is to work in a fashion that glorifies the Lord, then there must be mutual submission of both the employer and the employee where they work together to accomplish the will of God in the world. And so, of course, Paul is writing here to believers. Unfortunately, not all of us work for or not all of us have all employees who work for us who are believers, right? We don't live in a perfect world. And so we're sometimes going to be dealing with unbelievers. And if you find yourself in that, in that situation, then you are not responsible for how they behave, but you are responsible for how you treat them. You're responsible for your end of it. And so in that situation, you are to be Christ-like and submissive. That's the command. So if, if you are serving a, a boss who isn't a believer, then your work ethic is a testimony about Jesus. So you need to give a, an honest day's work. You need to look for opportunities to share the gospel through the way that you work. If you are employing someone who is not a believer, you're responsible for being honest with them not trying to cheat them, giving them opportunities to see the Lord working in you. But what Paul is commanding here is, is nothing short of amazing. Because remember, in this culture, the culture that we're speaking of here, it was common for women and children and slaves to know nothing but submission to others, to, to men, to be precise. Men controlled everything. Women had very few rights, children and slaves had no rights, and men dominated the culture. They were the law, they were the power, they were the authorities. But here comes Jesus, here, here, here comes Jesus Christ, here comes Christianity, and, and it changed the whole dynamic of the ancient society because now man and woman and children, slave, they were placed on the same level in the eyes of God. God commands every person in the family of God to submit to every other person in the family of God. No respecter of persons. We're commanded to love God supremely and we're to place others ahead of ourselves all the time in every situation. So regardless of if you are the man, regardless of if you're the husband, regardless of if you are the boss, you have to submit to the needs of your wife. You have to submit to the needs of your children. You have to submit to the needs of those that you, in, you are employing or in that situation to, to the slave that you owned. Meeting their needs. It changed everything. And that's how the Bible describes the kind of submission that God is looking for. And so the question is, is that kind of submission found in your life or is there room for improvement this morning? Let's search our hearts and let's, let's get right for the glory of God, remembering that submission is the key Submission is the key to the spirit-filled life. And then lastly, notice how submission is directed. The final phrase here is in the fear of God. What, is, what does it mean to fear God? And that word fear um, is where we get our word phobia. Often, you know, alarm, terror, fear. However, the word can also have a secondary meaning, which is what Paul is actually meaning here, which is the idea of reverence. The word here speaks of a holy reverence for God. It speaks of a reverence for God that respects him above all other authorities. And so this reverence of God manifests itself in total obedience to him and in his will for our lives. And so when we fear God, we will be in submission to him. We are submitted to him. We have no problem submitting to the authority of others figures in our home and in society and in our job and in the church. If we submit to him, then we can submit to others. When we are submitted to God, we will practice a mutual submission to our spouse, to our parents, to our children, to our boss, to our employees. Our submission to God is rooted in our fear of him, but not in a fear of him being a cruel tyrant, 
We don't fear him because we think that he might judge us and condemn us for our shortcomings, but our fear of God is a submission to him rooted in our love for him. I, as a kid, feared my father, not because I was afraid of him, but I had a reverence for him. I wasn't going to cross my dad because I had a love for him. I wanted, I wanted to do what would make him proud, what would, would honor him because I loved him so much. He would never have hurt me. I knew that, but there was a reverence there because this is my father and I respect him and I love him. He, he, he loved us. The Lord loved us and he gave himself for us to redeem us from sin and to adopt us into his family. He is our father. And because he is our father, we reverence him, a loving father. Because we, we reverence him, we submit to him and to his authority over us. And so that means that our submission to others begins with our submission to God. And so our submission to others is really a window into our spiritual life. If you have a problem submitting to your spouse, you probably have a problem submitting to God. If you have a problem, um, you know, submitting to your parents, you probably have a a problem submitting to God. If you have a problem, uh, you know, submitting to your boss, you probably have a problem submitting to God. You probably have a submission problem in your life. And it's rooted in the fact that you don't really reverence God the way that he's called you to, and you're not submitting to him completely in your life, which means you're probably not doing the things he's called you to do. You're probably not spending time in his word. You're probably not spending time in prayer like he's called you to. You're probably not sharing your faith like he's called you to, because you're not submitting to him. You're not submitting to others. When we submit to the Lord, we will have no trouble submitting to all these other individuals that are placed in our lives as well. And so our submission in all the relationships of life is, is a direct result of our love for and fear of reverence of Almighty God. So when we hold the proper place, when, when Jesus Christ is in that proper place of not just prominence but pre- preeminence above all, high and lifted up, when he holds that place, when we are in submission to him, we will have the proper relationship with others, submitting to them as well. So submission, it's a concept that we hear very little about. It's a concept that we really hear anybody talk about in the world today because it is so often seen as a weakness. Yet it is the will of God for every one of his children that we would be submissive in spirit to his will. So I challenge you to take the command of verse 21 to heart and to get about the business of submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. If you're like me, you every once in a while might slip up and, and struggle a little bit in this area. Amen. You might struggle a little bit submitting to your spouse. You might struggle a little bit in, in submitting to, to maybe somebody else in your workplace or, or maybe submitting to somebody else at church, loving them the way that God's called you to. Sometimes we slip up in that. And so it isn't easy for us to yield to the rights of others. It isn't easy for us to put others ahead of self, yet it's what we're commanded to do. And so let me encourage you to to, to do this, but don't let yourself be a doormat. That's not what Paul's saying here. He's not saying, let other people run over you. No, that's not the point here. He's saying, in submission, love others, look for the needs of others. Yes, you, you sometimes have to stand up because people are, are doing the wrong thing. That's not what he's saying. But we love others. We look for the opportunity to serve them every opportunity we have. This verse is teaching us that in our relationships with others, we're to strive to be Christ-like, at all times. Regardless of how they treat us, we are to treat them with respect. We're to treat them with love. 
We're to view every relationship as an opportunity to serve the Lord by serving others. And so maybe you need to come to this altar this morning. Maybe you need to get this, this right this morning. You've you had an issue with submission for a long time and you just need to, uh, you need to be obedient and come and say, God, help me with this. Maybe this morning you recognize that you're not a believer and you need to come this morning, you need to be saved. Maybe this morning you need to be obedient and you need to say, you know what, Lord, I, I know that I'm saved, but I've never made that known to the church family. I've never let the church rejoice with me in that. Maybe, maybe you need to come and you need to make a public profession of faith today and let the church rejoice with you. Maybe you need to move your membership from another place and say, you know what, I've been coming here and I need to begin to serve here uh, consistently. Maybe the Lord's placed something else on your heart, but today, how has how's he, he spoken to you? What's the area of your life in submission? What does it look like right now? Are you faithful in that area? If not, let's do business with the Lord. Lord Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we thank you for these words, Lord, challenging words, that we are to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. Lord, thank you for this command because, Lord, if we'll just follow it, Lord, so many issues in our lives would be solved. If we would just follow it, we, we would love our spouse the way you've called us to. We would love our children the way you've called us to. We would love our parents our siblings, our church family, the folks we work with, folks that are our neighbors, Lord, we would love them the way you've called us to. So Lord, help us to get this area of our life right. And if we have a spirit-filled life, if you truly do dwell within us, if you truly do have lordship over us, then Lord, we have to respond to this call to submission. And so Lord, this morning, I know that there are many that need to make decisions. And so Lord, we thank you in advance. We praise you in advance for for all that's going to take place in the coming moments. To your honor and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening. And may God bless you and your family.